2020 has got us all. I'm choking just like uh, Woodsy did in the final. today uh, for the Curse Breakers victory speech. Uh, first thing is I'd like to start with a quote from Mother Teresa. None of us, including me, ever do great things, uh, but we all do small things with great love and together we can do something wonderful. Um, I could not have achieved this feat by myself. It takes players to win a championship. That's some free advice for those listening. Um, and so I'm going to just shout out my players first. So I've got to start with Sanders and Andrews, the Two players were with me all season. It wasn't a smooth smooth ride. Injuries and COVID played havoc with them, but they knew to stand up when it counts in the playoffs. Um, now, our two imports from Kelsey Clinton, uh, Lamar, who brought in straight away uh, to the Curse Breakers philosophy of average during the regular season and then stepping up in the playoffs, while Jefferson performed admirably while bringing the fun to the team, and the Curse Breakers fans will be doing the gritty for years to come. Um, and now Chubb and Tyreek, the star acquisitions, we had to, uh, we had to spend up big to get both and they both performed to the level uh, they expected. You're both, um, on the short list of Curse Breakers Hall of Fames, even if you are a hipster pick Tyreek. Um, and then, uh, Sanders, uh, while you may not get the media coverage, uh, coverage of a young way, um, or a goggles, but all he did was average 10 and a half points per game when you lined up for us and finished the number one uh, as the number one kicker for the season. And surely the portals will uh, be coming soon. And I have to mention, of course, Hunter Renfro. You were in and out all season. And while you're a late addition to the grand final roster and couldn't make it onto the field, you provided valuable moral support and we couldn't have won it without you. And now finally, Mike Evans. It wasn't always a smooth ride with several trade offers sent out with you involved. But any criticism I leveled at you was just like the great coach Malcolm Blight labeling David Pittman as pathetic and was just to motivate you as a, um, and it worked with you being the difference in the championship game. And now like Pittman, you can call yourself a premiership player. Now another quote from Maya Angelou that I think sums up the curse break is, you may encounter many defeats but you must not be defeated. In fact, it may be necessary to encounter the defeats so you can know who you are, what you rise from, and how you can uh, still come out of it. After the 2018 season where I assembled the greatest fantasy lineup in history, when the famous capitulation followed by the disappointment of 2019, I heard the whispers. You could barely walk around Chadston without hearing them. He lost the unlosable season. 2015 was an aberration. He's a playoff choker. The Curse Breakers heard all of this slander and few of those may have made their way onto the whiteboard at Curse Breakers HQ. There was only going to be one way to silence the critics and that was to win a championship. The regular season awards are for the Woodsies and Jareds of the world, but with an average winning margin of 30 points during the playoffs, I think we can all label the criticism silenced. And now another quote from Watership Down. All the world will be your enemy, O Prince with a thousand enemies, and if they catch you, they will kill you. But first, they must catch you. Digger, listener, runner, prince with the swift warning. 
be cunning and full of tricks and your people will never be destroyed. And you can't, that leads me into, you can't win a, the greatest season of the Oche Bowl ever without having great opponents. So I'll just take a moment to say a word on each member of the league. First, Fitzy, it takes two to break a curse. Uh, the curse breaker and the curse. And while 2020 wasn't the year of Fitzy like I predicted, surely 2021 has to be. Ben, thanks for the ma. Keeney. Uh, thank God for your hipster pick of Tyreek and your love of rookie running backs getting me Mike Evans. Manny, the host with the most, an unusual down year. Uh, hopefully next year you can get players from more than one team. And just like Carlton's 2009 membership campaign, I've got one thing to say to you. They know we're coming. I want that. Uh, I'm taking the most titles championship from you. Dale, thanks for taking every other team's best weeks. Uh, if your bad luck continues next year, the Curse Breakers is always available if you uh, got the right price. Havers, thank you for listening to me crap on about my team, especially last week. And now you get a break from me saying, uh, saying stick with my original plan. Reese, back-to-back playoff appearances. I'm now officially moving my opinion on Reese's fantasy skills from iffy to on the fence. <laughs> Camo. Will this man even hear this? Who knows? But I do have to thank you for not accepting my Evans for Zach Moss trade that I offered you at about week seven. Cam, and uh, thanks for not waking up early last week. I know it's uh, less important than an Ocho Bowl semi-final, but maybe invest in an alarm clock for your wedding in a couple of months. Uh, Jared, the hardest working man in the league. Uh, surely success is going to come soon as long as you stop following Keeney's quarterback advice. And Woodsy, just like Rocky in Russia, uh, everyone was against you. And just through hard work and your determination, you've turned the crowd. They're now chanting, Woodsy, Woodsy, Woodsy. And just like Drago said about Rocky, he's not a human. He's like a piece of iron. And so to close, I'll uh, have my final quote from the recently deceased fan of the Ocho Bowl and number one ticket holder of the Curse Breakers. Your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> wow. 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 Big words from the champ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh. loving the, uh, the king hat that you've got on as well there, Mish. Yeah. Congratulations on... Um, it was a. It, it, it's not an asterisk year. In it might be an asterisk year in a lot of other sports, but for the Ocho Bowl, it was probably one of our biggest investments. And that on top, well done. Oh, thanks. Look, when you once you win, you can put modesty aside. <laughs> we let modesty was aside about four weeks ago for you. For some reason, <laughs> you really started to get up and about, and at the time we couldn't understand why. But it's you're right. Yeah, just like the A team, I love it when a plan comes together. Um, but no, I mean, that was what my, I targeted those certain players and then for, for the playoffs, even Evans, like after I tried to trade him about eight times, I then sort of was like, well, actually, no, he's got good playoffs. Let's just keep him. And then he puts up a cheeky 40 points in the final. Things are, things working for you. They're working. Yeah. Uh, Justified gloating, mate, is, uh, very well-deserved. You know, came up against a bit of a lightweight in the final. Um, hadn't been there before, which we kind of flagged the week prior. Geez, he celebrated his prelim win like 
He, he, he basically did two laps of the MCG high-fiving all his fans after he, after he won last <laughs> week. And I think he drank a little champagne afterwards in the rooms. And just He forgot there was one week remaining and, and put up a little 120. Gee whiz, he, he won't be too happy, Woodsy. I just I know he dedicated his prelim win to me, and you know the believers can go fuck themselves, quote unquote. But who's he dedicating this performance to? That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh, I tell you, I, I, just there's a lot to unpack from your from your victory speech, Andrew. But there was a lot of truth in there, to be honest. I just uh, just thinking about some of the bits you said. You're right. I, I uh, you know, just to dwell on my team for a second i literally only took players from fitzy and if you if you took, wrote that down as advice at the start of the year there's no way that i'd uh <laughs> be following that so i think you've you've really dropped the truth bomb there on me um yeah well, i actually meant the because you only had players from atlanta but oh I mean, well yeah okay fair enough well it's 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 yeah well it works on multiple it's a doubly true point um so let's let, let's just back over the final, shall we? So the curse breakers and, and the cleats and potatoes, one of the I'm gonna I was gonna say one of the more highly billed matches we've ever had. I, I think it was probably less about the matchup between the two teams, although you probably were the two best teams, probably Jared aside going in, but more just we had Woodsy pandering to the crowd with you know promising to sh- shout drinks with the the victory money, Andrew basically going the other way and going, I'm going to be extremely selfish with the victory money if I get it. We had, um, we had obviously the, the dynamic of both sides having been involved in some big trades through the season. So everyone had kind of vested interests on how those guys were going to perform. Um, and we had, as we talked about last week, we had Woodsy's strategy of just do whatever uh, fantasy pros says and just have green lighting up your matchup side of things versus Andrew just I'm just going to get the best players and put them on the field and trust them to do what they do when when the moment's big and um, well in, in result Woodsy put up a 120.6 curse breakers Andrew put up a 152.02 and just got the job done you've got the right to speak whenever you want as the, as the champion <laughs> Well, this is uh, like Woodsy's experience showed, I think, on the Saturday where, uh, you know, Evans uh, put up 40 points and uh, Sanders put up 14 from the kicker's spot. And I think Jefferson put up 14 points as well, while he had Suckup and Ayuk put up seven between them. I think that, you know, having not been in a championship game before, he's not used to there being so many games on Saturday. So you can be the best player on a Sunday all year, but, you know, in the final, you've got to play Saturday, Sunday and Monday. <laughs> mm. It's very true. Well, it's... Sorry, go ahead, Kenny. We're out of sync. No, we've, 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 the commission's thrown us. <laughs> well, I think we're all eager to get involved in this one, but it's interesting to see, as you mentioned, Ayuk putting up a pretty low score there. Um, and, and funnily enough, it coincided with, with the return of the great man, George Kittle. Um, so... Blessed is a word that comes to mind with his Kelsey selection and George Kittle being out all year as well. Um, but I mean, really, the, the difference in this one was was Mike Evans, ironically, like extremely ironically. Um, he puts up 40. If he puts up 10, you know, this is a close, close, close run thing. And it would have been frustrating watching that. They're up by, 
you know, 40 points and he's still in the game. I heard someone say that he was close to a thousand yards. So they were, they were keen to yeah. get him to that milestone, um, which just is infuriating if you're opposing a player like that. Um, you know, a few things went wrong in all seriousness for Woodsy this week with, with Derek Henry, like they go out to a, um, you know, you would have thought the conditions suited, but um, they're down pretty quickly in that game. So maybe Tannehill has to throw it a bit more than what they would have preferred to do against Green Bay. Um, but yeah, I think, what do you want to do, man? Do you want to dive straight into kind of go through each position group? I, I, I think less. Let's do that. I think there's, there's a couple of, just before we do, there's a couple of big stories for me. And the first one, uh, and we'll, we'll come back over these players, but you know, you, you touched on Evans being the difference, but I sort of, I look at Woodsy and Ayuk's got, he, he's out this week already, ruled out. So he's he's no good. Um, ultimately, not worked out for him there. And Cooper Cup's got COVID. Mm. And we've talked about, we've talked about, you know, the come out a few weeks ago when he, when he kept a kicker on his roster with COVID and just the diseases that can spread around your lineup. And I reckon just the fact that Cup's picked up COVID just shows me that there's something not healthy down at the cleats and potatoes. And ultimately it showed at the, at the wrong time of season. So disappointing for Woodsy. I think yeah. you're spot on with Henry. But it, I reckon it's, look, these, these games can happen to anyone. So we don't want to, you know, we've made a big deal about the inexperience of Woodsy. Yeah. But it just, I reckon it's a good reminder for anyone. It's not all about matchups. The yeah, green matchup well, thing isn't everything. It's because as like they can swing on a dime depending on like the first player of the game, the first drive of the game. Yeah. yeah. It's also like Henry still put up ninety eight yards. Like it's it's like someone like him, because he doesn't catch passes. So I mean if he doesn't find the end zone, like he'll still get you the ten points because he's always gonna get like eighty to you know, whatever rushing yards. But when he doesn't get those touchdowns, then it you know, it's sort of he just becomes a high floor player. Yeah, that's mm. it. Um, the, and the other one, the other one for me was obviously the, the big going into the week. You know, is Woodsy going to just go with the complete Bears stack, or is he going to diversify himself a little bit? Um, and it was interesting just sort of seeing how the tactics had to unfold because, as you pointed out, Evans put up forty on Saturday, so he was making the decision knowing that he was chasing a big score. But obviously, it's made no difference in the end because he's. Started Wilson over Trubisky and QB and it's cost him four points. No big deal there. Um, both Montgomery and Robinson put up 20, which you would definitely say you'd take that if you would, I reckon. So I think you can kind of say there that that one's played out fine for him. The Bears' defense of six is okay. It's not, you know, it's not going to lose you too many games if your defense got six, plus the other guys went berserk. And then Kelsey did what he normally did 22.8. Can't fault that performance in the final. Um, and even Cup, while well, he's got COVID, he's still put up 14.6. So he's not had, he's not had, other than Ayuk with the four and Henry, he's really not had any real disappointments in the field there. He just didn't have anyone who went, went berserk, which is, I think, exactly what he was trying to get. When it's sort of going after all these players that had these unbelievable matchups, he was looking for someone to score a 40. And as we pointed out, just, they did, just was old Mike Evans just trudging <laughs> along on the other side of the matchup. Yeah, the old uh, the old hipster himself. But um, one question I got for you, uh, Andrew: Was there any deal done financially before the game, or were you both comfortable with where you sat? No. So I was like, if Woodsy had offered a split, I probably would have taken it because I thought he was in a better spot to win. 
but then he never offered it and i like i wasn't gonna i feel like as the person who's like scheduled to lose you've got to have the favorite but i think we discussed it when he was on the pod last week we're just like let's just let it ride like if you do like a 400 to 150 split it's like 100 bucks like i think it's more fun just win the 500 bucks for winning like yeah Mm. and i suppose that the bombshell of last week's podcast and i'm sure you all heard it was live on the air woodsy running with the prospect of not playing russell wilson in the qb position i nearly fell off my chair um what did you think going into it after? You, obviously, you, po- you posted a nice score on the Saturday or the Sunday. Um, in your heart of hearts, what did you want him to do there? I thought I, at that point, I was like, I preferred him to play Trubitsky because I was like, I'd rather have him all, all his eggs in the one basket. Like, there's only so many points one team can score. Whereas, like, if he plays Wilson and Wilson puts up 30 against LA and then um montgomery and robinson score two touchdowns each like you probably end up with a higher score than if you'd played trubisky um and then i mean it, it turned out like trubisky played pretty well but it would have sort of split them anyway so i think he made the right choice yeah no i'm with you i i, I think it's an absolute no-brainer um you know trubisky's basically scored his high for the year or equal equal high with 23 to 24 points. They won 41 to 17, um, so favourable. Um, and that's, for mine, that's kind of his ceiling, is like that 25-point mark. You look at Wilson. Wilson's put up 36, 40 multiple times this year. That's what he's capable of. I couldn't personally believe that he would play anyone but Russell Wilson in the final. It was a bit it was strange to me. But again, going back to your point, Manny, it was more worried about the matchup and which I know is important, but at the same time, when you got Russell Wilson, um, I don't know. Yeah. It just seemed like being Wilson, getting like, a bit cute with that. Wilson scores. He hasn't scored higher than 23 since week eight. So he hasn't like, while he can obviously put up those numbers, they haven't really been playing that way for over half the year. I think the, the other thing to sort of say with Woodsy was that, we can, I mean, the QB was really his only decision because for all the, you know, uh, the Cooper Cup, all the, you know, Woodsy kind of going on about his roster, he had no no options. Once Gaskin played, um, Ahmed was useless or Ahmed. Um, McLaurin was out. So he literally had no other, he, he basically started the only ro- lo- lo- lineup he could. You can't really, you know, there's always like, we always dwell on the Jared who makes the wrong roster decisions every week, but Woodsy really had no choice there. Like the lineup picked itself. He had he created himself a decision at quarterback, which I think would probably agree if we were in his position, we all would have started Russell Wilson at the end. So I mean, I, I can you correct me if you're, if I'm wrong, but I feel like you don't bench one of the best couple of quarterbacks in the league for the championship game for someone like Trubisky who could literally get benched partway through a game. Um, so so at the end of the day, like his team just wasn't good enough. On the day, he's you know that was it. It wasn't at least for Woodsy. He gets to sleep soundly over the off season, knowing that he gave it his best. He just wasn't wasn't there when it counted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, in the playoff week, like Havers was the test. I, I saw Havers three to four times between the semi and the final. And every time I chatted to him for about 20 minutes of just being like, oh, I could put Jeff Wilson in my lineup or I could put like Hertz has got a good matchup against Dallas. 
And then it would always end, like, as I said in my speech, it would always end at the end being like, no, my plan going to the playoffs was just to start this lineup. Maybe oh, I changed kicker. That was about it. Um, and that was it. And like, so every time I would come to the same decision, Betty would still have to hear this same 15 minute thought process of getting to the same point anyway. So one more question just before we go line by line through the position matchups. Um, your decision to drop every player off your roster except for Hunter Renfro for, for a bit of spiritual kind of, you know, good juju or whatever you want to call it, very controversial because I understand what you were trying to do, but you've also literally cost a bunch of guys the ring by dropping them <laughs> off your roster. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, tell, tell us how you kind of is, is that just symptomatic of the kind of ruthlessness that you have down at the curse breakers, or you just thought I don't need them? Or uh, what? Tell, yeah, tell none of them were players. I, if I players I'd played during the year, I might have kept them, but they were all just sort of filler players that I, I dropped the first one or two because I was like, then if I need to make an emergency ad quickly, like it's just a bit easier. But then, like, once I started doing it, I was like, oh, let's just get rid of them all. I had Goskowski on my bench at one point because I was going to keep him. To, like I was going to try and get all of the Ocho role players, but then there wasn't enough to fill up my bench. I'm like, now nah, let's just stick with, let's just give the great man Hunter Renfro the only bench spot I feel would be the the best outcome. Well, it works. Can't argue with that. And, and actually, interestingly, Hunter's put up an eight point four, which for him's not a bad week either. So he's. He really mm. took that supporting role on. Doubled Ayuk score. Yeah. yeah, there you go. It, it's there's a lot of curse sort of related stuff that goes on with your team, isn't there? It's just <laughs> you, you put him in there as a defensive player, basically to blanket Ayuk. <laughs> All right, so we, shall, so let's go let's go line by line. So QB Russell Wilson put up nineteen point nine for Woodsy and Lamar twenty one point three two for yourself. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting one. We were actually talking about Wilson. He uh, he produced a lot of that in the last couple of drives for Seattle. They were um, pretty ordinary early in that game. Um, and classic Lamar and the Ravens playing bully ball against an inferior opponent. Um, that's kind of like what they try to do. Um, but Lamar Lamar has been pretty good the last few weeks. So I think, I think early on when you made that trade, Andrew, you probably... He was a bit off what he normally is, but his floor is so high that, um, you know, he's pretty good for a 20-plus most weeks. So, um, yeah, I took, mean, took in one. the playoffs, what, 34, 29, 21. So, averaged about um, 28 or so, just off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, 80 rushing yards, like you say, the floor is so high. Yeah. Because 183 passing yards for two touchdowns and a fumble yeah. in there is not... Not super. Well, the fumble was on a handoff, but it wasn't his fault as well. Like it's just one of those ones you get dogged by having the quarterback. Mm. Yeah. Of course, I mean this is branching off to a different topic, but um, Lamar Jackson taking taken number sixteen overall in the draft. How do we feel about? There's a bit of discussion in the thread the other day about QBs going a bit higher next year. How do we? How are we all feeling about that? Um, kind of question without notice there. Oh, I mean, as you said, I don't think Lamar will be going that high. But I think you could see Mahomes maybe end of the first round, like uh, end of the second round, sorry. Like Mahomes, you know, if he's healthy, he's going to be a top three quarterback. Um, and then... Kyler? Like, Kyler. Like Josh Kyler. Allen. 
and a couple of the other ones you'd think are then sort of fourth round, maybe fifth round. Yeah, it'd be like the Josh Allen and Kyler Murray guys are going to be pretty interesting next year. Deshaun Watson, um, I suppose Lamar, Wilson, Prescott, all in that kind of bucket. Similar guys to this year, but maybe those kind of guys are going in the sixth, seventh round this year. Maybe, you know, they might bump up to the third and fourth round because we've just seen how how much of a difference it makes if you have like a Josh Allen in the final, he puts up 30. Uh, Kyler Murray was good for 30 most years. Herbert could be another one. Who knows? Um, I mean, Herbert's definitely going above his ADP. We know that. Depends where Camo picks. Yeah, the the Camo doesn't... He's an interesting one on QBs. Like, he obviously... He's like a middle guy. If Herbert's going in the top 40, I don't reckon Camo takes him. But Camo will 100% take him like 50 or 60. If he's there. But also interesting strategy. I know this is completely off topic, but interesting strategy is just to take Herbert and trade him because yeah. <laughs> yeah, you no. know that's going to happen. Yeah, that's true. That <laughs> um, the yeah, I, the the quarterback thing is interesting. So obviously, I took Mahomes and he was great. But what you give up, like less things can go wrong in your other positions, is probably how I was just sort of thinking if I could. If I could take, if Julio Jones on and I took what I was originally planning to take in the draft, so I would have had Kelsey and Mahomes. Um, I, I wonder what, I, I love, you know, I can't be bothered, so I won't do it, but I'd go back and have a look at how that would have impacted my season. But I'm not sure it would have made a massive difference because at the end of the day, I didn't hit with my next pick, which was Connor. And then yeah. you're sort of so late before you're having more picks. Yeah. But I mean, you one of those big ones with a quarterback. But that was, yeah, I agree. I, I, and I'm not so sure that, you know, Mahomes at 27 was, you know, that, that there's a world where that works out for you. If, if as you said, if Kelsey's the one you get at 19 and, and say Aaron Jones goes the pick, like he went the pick before you. So say you get Kelsey and Aaron Jones and then Mahomes, was, all of a sudden, you know, you're a, probably a championship team. So I don't know if the process was that bad. It's just, Sometimes you yeah. need your luck with those picks. I think that's it. You do need luck because it's funny you say that because that's actually who my, when I did my sort of plan, I was expecting to get Kelsey. I was going to take Jones if he was the worst of the guys that were already gone, and then I was going to take Mahomes. Yeah. Um, and 34 35, I was going to try and get Kelvin Ridley and Connor. But as it would have turned out, I probably would have got Kelvin Ridley and Thielen, who I actually took. And you're right, it is a completely different team at that point. But yeah, anyway, I mean, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's it, it, it's a debate that will rage on forever. Is high QB versus not? Yes or no? Is um, there'll be years like this where clearly those that took the high QB benefited from it, and then there'll be years like a lot of other ones have been where you can literally waver a QB for twenty points most weeks. Mm. Makes no difference. Um, mo- moving on, running back. We might just cluster the running backs. So RB one and RB two for Woodsy with Derrick Henry with nine point eight, and Montgomery twenty point one. And then for Andrew Chubb with 17.6 and Sanders 18.4. So it's a total of uh, 36 for Andrew and 30 for Woodsy. Nice round numbers there. Sorry, 29.9 for Woodsy. Um, so really, it's pretty even here. Henry just slightly below par was the was the few point difference. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting. Interesting, three of the four have been traded in this year. Um, 
So Sanders, I think, was the only one that you drafted, Andrew, that um, yeah. stuck around all the year. But Chubb, Henry, Montgomery for either side have been traded in. Yeah, I think Henry's kind of the one. He's he's put in, a for him, a pretty low performance, um, 9.8. We know what he's capable of. That's the scary thing, playing him. Um, you know, 40 points isn't out of the realm. And after... After Evans put up 40, it was probably that's what Woodsy needed. He needed a Derrick Henry game where he has two to three touchdowns and um, certainly puts up those 40 points to get him um, back in the mix. But um, I think he's got to be pleased with the David Montgomery trade. I mean, that that ended up, number one, getting him in the final and, and number two, giving him a chance. I mean, he's put up 20-plus five in a row, five weeks in a row. Um, so great trade, I think, pretty much when he traded him in. Um, so it was good. And I think for your end, Andrew, Chubb and Sanders, they're pretty solid in that kind of 15 to 25 range most weeks. So, Yeah, definitely. The Chubb trade, I think, definitely was big for my team. Just got blocked out when he, I think he was the number two scoring wide receiver at the time. And then I don't think he's put up a big game since. And like Chubb, you know, he, like he's always like 10 to 30 points depending on touchdowns and things like that. But like he's just, yeah, he's like a mini Derrick Henry, like good floor. Um, and then, you know, if he gets a couple of touchdowns, a uh, high ceiling. Yeah, and, and and just on Chubb, he was an interesting one because you actually got, from my point of view, I reckon you got pretty lucky with him um, just this week with the all the Cleveland wide receivers being ruled out. I, but on the, on the other hand, they didn't use him the way I thought they would. I just thought they would just use him, him and Kareem Hunt nonstop because they had no one else to go to. Um, yeah. But he only put up 28 rush yards. Um, but as you said, that the saving grace is the fact that he can catch, but he, he can also score most weeks. So yeah. um, solid again. As I was reading, apparently the Jets' run D is actually yeah. pretty, like they don't give up extra yards. It's just that everyone ends up up 40 against them. And, but then they run a lot at the end. But they like on a per play basis, their rushing D is actually competent. So it's... Yep. And then once they got down, they, they ended up passing it like 50 times in a game with no wide receivers. So it was um, a bit of a mess. Wow. Did I hear that Adam Gase has been fired? That's the, yeah, the rumour. But he, look, he was either getting fired. Why is that a shock? <laughs> yeah, now that they can't get the number no, one it's team, not the, the only thing was interesting is just they didn't fire him when they were 0-13. They win the last two and now they fire him. Just more dysfunction we would come to expect from the Jets. Um, the, the one out of running backs that I... Sorry, go ahead, King. No, no, no. It was just... I was going to say, and there's rumours going around that they won't take a QB now at two. They'll just take an offensive lineman or or trade out. and It's just a shambles. It's an absolute shambles what that what happened to that team. they can trade it to Denver and we can get Justin the, Fields. Yeah. Uh, the trade-out's not the worst because... There's a few teams that need a QB, so I don't like that's not. And you get like three first rounders normally if you trade like pick two in a quarterback heavy draft. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know the team that needs a QB the most though? Which one? The Jets. Oh, (laughs) they're right in that mix. Yeah. They might be able to get um both. uh, Jameis. Mm. There's a few. There's a few teams because the, the other thing this year is it's like end of an era. You've got about four QBs that are really old. That are, if not this year, like within the next couple of years, are probably going to be winding up. Like you can't see Philip Rivers going on too much longer. You can't no. see Drew Brees yeah. going on too much longer. Brent Roethlisberger no. potentially is in that category. Brady's I, in that. Category. 
Stafford yeah, as well. It looks like they might I read, be a few in Detroit. I read something this morning that suggested there's about 16 teams that could take quarterback or, or could be in the mix for a quarterback. It's insane. It's going to be a ridiculous offseason. There's, there's, and there's so few that are just locked. Yeah. Like Mahomes is a lock. Um, Jackson is a lock. Wilson is a lock. But there's like, there's about, there's so few of them. You, like at yeah, any point in time. Eight to 10. Sport, yeah. It, it's like, there's five that aren't, you know, it's, it feels like the whole situation's flipped. Um, the, the one thing I was just going to say running backs, which is actually not about this team at all, but if you think about the fact that Derrick Henry went at pick five, uh, pick four, Kamara, had that, had Woodsy somehow, you know, been a slightly different situation to start the year and Kamara and Henry had gone in the opposite order, which was foreseeably possible, Kamara puts up six touchdowns on the weekend. That's a difference in the game there. Had he, uh, mm. had he had Roster, which if Kamara didn't have a fifty, I, I don't necessarily see that they would. Then have made Kamara the never got injured, so because Fitzy traded Henry when he was on the COVID list and he was missing like two games. It was only a, it was a week, two weeks. Was it? it was a week or two when they were like in doubt, and I think he was like, I just need wins. So he traded yeah. Yeah. Eckler and Corey Davis, and then Eckler gets injured straight away. Next week. Yeah. Yeah, part of me was a little disappointed that Kamara didn't play in one of the finals teams. Just that would have been so good. 56 to open the final would have been absolutely insane. Um, and, and in a lot of leagues, you'd expect he probably would be on one of the championship teams because he's been so good most of the year. So he's, oh, he's, he's um, thing I went, uh, Breeze went down. He was pretty, like, he was only putting up 10s or so. Like, like you still got to play yeah, him. But that was like three but, yeah, yeah. It was on the. It was the writing was on the wall, wall early in that game too. My goodness, Steve. I don't know if you watched it, but that Vikings defense right, is pretty right. bad. We, we, we could have not played a defense, and it would have made much different in terms of the score. We literally. <laughs> it's like twelve um, yards every carry. It was, so- yeah, it, was it was awful. It was awful, uh, and it was the interesting thing was six touchdowns, and there was a play in the. Early fourth quarter, I think it was, where first and goal, he ran it, ran it to the five, and then they brought him out. Good and then they, they, oh, no, they, they, they ran, I think, Latavius Murray for the first play, and they threw it to the tight end who got to the one. And then they reset the whole thing and put Taysom in to run it in from a yard. So he could have very, very easily had seven touchdowns. Yeah. Just, and, and, and you're up by 30 points. Like, I don't know why you would. Yeah, I don't. That was bizarre because Sean Payton loves that stuff too. Yeah. He loves getting guys records. But it wasn't like because that was when he was on five. Yeah, and then, and then they so you're like, oh, maybe they're just going to keep him out. But then they brought him back in later. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. It was I think weird. I think it's because he loves Taysom Hill and wants to get that happening. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Maybe just the interesting uh, point as well was that both teams only two running backs. Neither started a running back in the flex. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. given given Woodsy's disdain for my drafting strategy uh, <laughs> on the night, and you look at who he drafted: Austin Eckler, Lev Bell, Marlon Mack, Matt Breida, Boston Scott. Just a who's who of absolute shitmen in the running back <laughs> position. So, congrats. Yeah. Um, so, wide receiver um, Alan Robinson and Brandon Ayuk for Woodsy: twenty point three and four point one. Show you what that total. Of- 4.4 and then on Andrew's side 
Uh, Jefferson with 14.5, Mike Evans with a 40.1, so 54.6. So basically, you've got a difference of 30 in the wide receivers, and that was where the game was won. Yeah, and, it- and I was going to say, Alan Robinson, wide receiver seven on the season, a great pick from uh, Woodsy here. What did he take him? 29th overall, um, but I think he took him kind of the 10th wide receiver off the board or something. So um, even though he was like seventh in the league, that was a, a really good pick, I think. Like you're just so consistent every single week. Um, yeah. Really good pick. Um, Ayuk, obviously the rookie wide receiver in the final was um, kind of an interesting one. But again, we talked about it like with McLaurin out, I think he probably maybe would have started McLaurin, but with Haskins, it's difficult. Um, but other than that, his bench was didn't really have many other options. Um, but for you, it was all about Evans and Jefferson's been a beast all year. So, um, so he, I reckon Jefferson's the one that kind of probably maybe not won it for you, but um, at least really helped you get there along with Tyreek Hill, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think you, you did really well from the wide receiver position, Andrew, in terms of trades and getting those three guys in that you, you didn't draft any of them. So well played. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I, well, I think if based on his hatred of Cooper Cup, I think if McLaurin was playing, he probably would have played uh, McLaurin over Cup, I think. But um, yeah, the, the main decision, because I was like, when I had Jeff Wilson and it looked like he was going to be the main running back was if I started him over uh, Jefferson or Evans. So, I mean, I, I yeah, that was the choice I was trying to make. And then I, I figured, yeah, just stick with, like, I know Jefferson's going to be good and Evans had a good matchup. And I saw the thing about how they're aware that he, he's like two, before that game, he was 220 yards away from a thousand yards and then become the first player ever to have a thousand yards in, in seven seasons in a row. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you got to play Evans. If they, they're aware of it, they're going to try and feed him junk time yards, which is exactly what they did. Yeah. I don't know why Woody hates Cooper Cup so much. I suppose it's because uh, of his lack of TD scoring at the moment. But uh, he's only had yeah, he's, he's, three touchdowns this year. He had 10 last year. Yeah. In the full-point PPR, he's just an easy play because he gets thrown yeah. the ball so often. He's got a very high like- floor. I agree. Um, Stone Robinson, he's an infuriating, infuriating play to play against. Like that Jacksonville game, every time they're on third down, like it'd be third down and 12. And Jacksonville just like, it was always going to him. Every third down, it went to him. And they still just couldn't cover him. Like he just runs it like in route, gets it 12 yards, well, 13 yards, gets a one extra yard. I reckon he probably had about five of those catches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, like as I said, you know, we can kind of harp on Ayuk with uh, the Kittle thing, but it wasn't really an option. Um, but Jefferson as well. I, I kind of to, to your point, uh, Keeney, Jefferson and Hill really did get you here because Jefferson is within reaching distance of the all-time rookie. You have to have a big week this week, but all-time rookie yards um, mark, which is particularly given he's basically didn't wasn't didn't do anything in the offense in the first couple of weeks of the season. Pretty good achievement, and then. Harry Kills looked up 17 touchdowns on the year. Just oh. some very, very handy touchdown yeah. points. Not along Real. with the 1,400 all-purpose yards. But. Hip, uh, hipster selection at pick 11. Yeah. Um, Harry Kill, like, 
obviously I've seen him play before and you're like, oh, he's a good player. But you, when you have the players in your team and you actually watch them play and you see sort of like you pay more attention to them, just like, because I always thought he was just like a really good, like Deshaun Jackson, like his speedster. It was a bit better than Deshaun Jackson. But you watch him play and he's just amazing at everything. Like, and I, I, yeah, I, I try and get him every year. I've had him the last couple of years because he just, and I took him in my dynasty league because he's just like, he's so, he gets the ball. Yeah. And every play he could take make a touchdown. He's so yeah. hard to stop. And there's little plays where he'll run up the side and like, there's five defenders, so he's not going anywhere. And he just looks like he's almost about to break out. Like it's just mm. and I and I think that was kind of the the point I was making early on in the year when um you know it was seen as um he's got he's a bit of a boom bust player. I don't think he is anymore. If you like, as you said, Andrew, when you're not watching it, you kind of think that way, like uh He's kind of an over-the-top threat or that's it. So he's got this boom-bust potential. But with Mahomes, um, the the ease in which he creates separation, um, it's just ridiculous. So he's open more often than he's not. And with Mahomes, they love going to him. Um, they get him the ball on end-arounds. They do little slants to him that he can take to the house. They can do one-on-one matchups. They'll go to him. Um, they've got so many different ways to get him the ball. And so I just think his floor is actually really, really high. Um, but he, he's seen as that... That boom bust, yeah. So he's he's a perfect he's the perfect modern wide receiver. Um, but just going quickly, going back to Justin Jefferson. So as you said, he's he's almost going to break that rookie um, wide receiver record. But he's he's wide receiver eight on the season. Um, he was picked at one hundred and thirty five overall by Dale. Um, incredible, incredible return um, on investment, I suppose, if you like. But not that he kind of saw the fruits of it, but. Um, Wow, what a season from Jefferson. Like, he'll go in the top. He has to go in the top 25 to 30 next year, doesn't he? Yeah, I would say probably early third round. is Like, I'll probably be taking him there, like, if he's still there. He, he, he doesn't – obviously, he could get worse. Like, a lot of second-year players sometimes go backwards. But if you look at the basic stats around him, he shouldn't get any worse because he's going to have the same quarterback. He's going to have the same Adam Thielen around him. And the difference is the Vikings probably won't be as bad next year because they won't have just got rid of their entire defense. So there's probably just, you know, there's like, he's probably going to be in a stronger team because we'll, we'll, we'll bolster up our probably offensive line as well. Yeah. There's not, there's, yeah, there's not too many wide receivers that have rookie seasons like him and are terrible the next year. Put it that no. way. Like, I think most of the really, really special receivers are good in their first year. Yeah. Before we move off, Jefferson. Uh, Andrew, you I believe a couple of weeks ago on the pod, you did promise us if you won the championship, we would get footage of you doing the gritty. Oh, yeah. I'll, uh, uh, next time I see Havers or Ben, I'll get them to record it and I'll upload what? it to the WhatsApp. But I could record it right now. Oh, no. I'm just can do it. I'm going to do it outside. I've got to okay, put some production value into it. Okay, uh, fair. Uh, we're looking forward to practice like, grittying as well. Looking forward to. Could you? Is there any way if you could do it? Could you do it to that uh, red zone dip, tapping into the end zone music that they do? Oh, you know how yes. they, they play every week. Uh, yeah, if they, if you can find the songs, send it to me and I'll. Perfect. Uh, love it, love it. Um, the tight end position: Kelsey versus Andrews. Kelsey twenty two point eight. Andrews thirteen point six. You probably like from Andrew. From your perspective, you'd probably just take that, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, 
I was like, if I could have Andrews be within 10 points of Kelsey, I'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And we and we we touched on it last week. That's his tenth tenth score out of fifteen weeks scoring twenty plus Kelsey. Unbelievable year. Um tight end one by a mile. He's another interesting player next year. You could probably lump Kittle into that bunch as well, but is he a first rounder in fantasy next year? Yeah, I think almost so. I reckon he could be like a top six pick next year. Wow. If if we you know that thing I was talking about the other week. Where if we if you redid a draft for this season that's just happened, yeah, you'd almost be pick one. Uh yeah, close. Yeah, because you just know you're getting a massive edge on everybody at that position. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I I, I think yeah, he, the first round, I wouldn't hate it. Like he's like top five back to the um to the Gronk days when Gronk yeah. was just absurd. I remember I took him in the first round like two years in a row. He's um I, I could uh, someone will someone will go early on yeah. next year. I think when you look at like well, I think there's that top tier of like Cook, CMC, um, Kamara, uh, Kamara, Henry, and like Devontae, and then I think he probably six would be how I would have it at the moment. Yeah, right. Um, the flex position. Oh, COVID Cup, 14.6. Okay. Tyreek Hill, 10.5. Probably two guys, particularly Tyreek, they, they are capable of huge scores, just sort of hit their floor. Yeah, yeah. Big... Nah, exactly. Tyreek right. was under a bit of an injury cloud. So they were, like they said, like I think they probably played him more than they wanted to, but um, like it was one of those games. It was a bit of an odd game just in general, but... When it sort of Atlanta were driving to tie it up, I was like, just let's just have a like, I'll just like end the game here because Kelsey's going to get more points than Hill, I think, barring like a breakaway touchdown. But, you know, I think they were, I haven't looked at snap count or anything, but I would say he probably yeah. played less snaps than normal. Yeah, um, he did. I just, I'm just looking at it now. He, so he played 63% um, of snaps. He's normally in the 80 to 90 range. So, um, you know, he, he plays 60% of the snaps. He doesn't score a touchdown, school, still puts up, you know, 10.5, which is serviceable. Um, you know, he's never going to be a wipeout kind of two yeah. to six point player. He's always going to be, that's probably as low as he'll go. Um, and at, <laughs> when you put up 40 with Evans and 14 with your kicker, that's kind of all you want. Yeah. You just don't want him to be a donor. So, yeah, if it was any um, other player, I probably would have played Wilson over him, but it's Tyrant, like, he's one of those players that, no. You never like if he's on the field, you have to play him because if he puts up like a thirty-point game, he's like, why do I put Tyreek on my bench? Like it was that's dumb. a that's a hipster decision, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, as soon as he, once he suits up, you're gonna play him, and just yeah. you know, if he only gets ten, you know, so bad. better than him getting forty and him being on your bench mm-hmm. for sure. And then the the special teams, we'll call them. Um, the kicker and defense for Woodsy, suck up and the Bears, three and six. And then for yourself, Andrew, Sanders and the Browns, 14 and two. Um, obviously, Sanders, as you said, if you end the year with kicker one, you've you've done something right. So he's been pretty solid for you. And then probably Woodsy's missed out a fair bit with suck up pretty stiff there. The team puts up 47 and you score three. I mean, it's yeah. your own fault if you can't kick and you're missing extra points and stuff. But yeah, two two you... missed extra points um, and a field goal miss in that forty to forty nine bracket. Um, 
So, so your kicker, Andrew, put up 14, which is ridiculously nice in a grand final matchup for your kicker to do that for you. Um, question to you is, is that, is that it for kickers? Can we end on that note of 14 in the grand final and just wipe them off the face of this earth? Well, I, well the fabled um, poll that I've been, um, or survey that I've been touting, uh, since I've still got another week off, I'll, I'll probably be working on that maybe tomorrow um, to have it sent out to everyone and then everyone can have their say on it. So, yeah, if you don't want kickers, there'll be an option to vote no kickers in that and then we can, if everyone agrees or, like, it gets a strong majority, will be no kickers next season. There's also an opportunity here, Andrew, for you to flex your commissioner kind of powers and muscles just to wipe it. Take, make the call, mate. Just make the call. You're the man. That's it. 14 points. See you later. Um, yeah. Well, as a fantasy uh, player, I'm a very selfish person with my winnings. As a commissioner, I'm a man of the people. And, you know, while there are some changes that I would make, uh, I'll, you know, uh, let the populace decide. Mm. Who would be... Who will be leading the march? Like, if there's a crowd of people marching down Main Street with banners saying, you know, kick the kicker, who will be front and centre? You reckon Keeney or Jared? I reckon I, I'm not sure who hates kickers more out of the two. I think Jared. Hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll have I'll have a um, I'll have a sign next to me saying auction over snake as well. Oh yeah, I'm all for because once you've done an auction, you never ever go back. Yeah, I don't, oh, I don't, they don't don't all me. I don't know. I, I've done auctions. I've done both. I I know there's much more tactics into the auction for sure. So, it, it, but it, it widens the gap. And I think one of the things I like about this league is like you can still be better at drafting in a snake, but you're the best and the worst in an auction end up with just like auction. You can absurdly good. Teams. You can. You can auction. You can blow it. Something chronic. There was one year. One year I was blind before the first pick came on. Similar <laughs> to this year, actually, in the snake draft. <laughs> um, but I was I was no good. I was in terrible shape before the auction kicked <laughs> off, and I absolutely overpaid for a couple of players. And I'm just looking at the draft board. I had two players in my team and like ten bucks. And I was like, what have I done? <laughs> and my team was rubbish. <laughs> and I finished like third last or something. It's like, and it yeah. killed me for the whole year. I was done. You could spend 50 bucks of your budget on like, you know, Saquon. Yeah. And, and yeah, it just, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> we'll see what the people decide. Um, the, the, the one other thing I just wanted to say before we kind of, well, I mean, we're, we're sort of through the team, but we obviously don't want to make too big a deal about teams that didn't make the finals. But just to play out the scenario for you, oh, no. let's say last week Big Ben hadn't just absolutely blown up and cost uh, cost Jared what was effectively a certain win. You would have had you would have had Jared and Andrew in the final, which is what, as of going into the last game last week, everyone was expecting to happen. The projections going into the game would have been Andrew one twenty two, Jared one thirty. So you would have expected, like, you know, and, and they were. You know, Woodsy's was a little higher, but they were both, you know, relatively good match. As we talked about 
Andrew just shot out of the gates and he's put up his 40 with Mike Evans and it was basically over regardless of who it would have played. And it would have it would have kind of been staying that way until against all odds in the snow, Devontae Adams puts up 43 for Green Bay and would have dragged Andrew back into it. But having said that, with Jared Goff stinking it up and nine from his quarterback, which would have, you know, as usual, he benched Big Ben, who puts up 25, and, and Goff puts up nine, makes the wrong decision at quarterback again, which is symptomatic of Jared's season. Gibson has a bit of a flat one. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves going into the Tuesday game with Stefan Diggs needing to score 40 to tie the game. How would At that point, how would you have been feeling? And, 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 and putting, putting, putting this in context, that at that point, Andrew's put up a 152. Two. Would have been, I don't know if it's the highest, but one of the strongest championship performances we've ever seen. So you've got a 40-point lead playing Stefan Diggs. How would you feel going to the Tuesday game, Andrew? And what would you have done? How, like, how much would you have bet on Diggs, you know, two touchdowns or whatever? Yeah, oh, it would have been a fair amount. Oh, not a fair. I wouldn't have had to put that much on it. Like, so Henry to score three touchdowns was eleven dollars. So you probably Diggs put, would have been thirty to one, wouldn't he? Something like that. Like, because he probably needs three from a wide receiver. Like, yeah, three definitely. Yeah. So then you could have, have it's forty points. You could have fifteen catches, hundred and seventy yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah. Like, I mean, I would have worked it out. Like, I mean, but yeah, would have. I mean, I probably would have chucked fifty bucks on it, but I just would have got better odds, and I got on the Henry one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would have been pretty confident going into that final. Sure. So, and I think I, I don't know. Like, I, I agree. I think like most people being like, "Oh, this is a shame <laughs> that it's not a bit closer." Diggs comes in, puts up uh, nine catches for one hundred and forty. 40- five yards and three touchdowns and scores 41.5 and Jared would have got the win by one point. It would have been the best and, and, and impossible to surpass championship game of the OHLE. We could play for another 100 years and we'd never get one that good at it. Yeah. But alas, it wasn't to be. But I would have, I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't let us finish without just dwelling on what might have been, if not for Big Ben's complete capitulation last week, where he was minus four at one point in time, like halfway through the game. And ironically, he puts up 25 this week. Um, and, and he, he even goes down the line with, with Jared's team, like Koo, his kicker, misses one to take it to overtime, <laughs> um, yeah. which he would have been absolutely fretting the whole time. Um, his bench put up 98.68. And there's not like he's got multiple QBs. He's just got a QB, a couple of running backs, a wide receiver, tight end, and a defense. Um, so a huge, a huge call from his bench, which we kind of flagged the last few weeks. Like he's just such a deep team. Um, he had such great depth, but um, ultimately, if you don't put the right players on the on the park, then you, it's it's hard to win. And if you look at the true coach um, scores of the year, which which basically puts the optimal lineup of of everyone's team on week in, week out. Um, Jared was second last in the league. So he struggled putting his best team out on the park week in, week out. So it's something he'll um, look back on and and basically be kicking himself for, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it just, sorry to interrupt. I've just had a quick glance through uh, their histories and it's actually one of the lowest scores 
in the final history. So oh, wow. 2018, you put up 148 when you beat Camo. Uh, then last year, Cam put up 161. Um, mm. And then, so those are the three PPR years from memory. But then, um, uh, where are we? Oh, actually, no, we'll PPR the year before. So then the year before, you put up 151. So I think it's about, normally to win, you need to score about 150 in the final. Where does 120 rank? Is that Does that normally get it done or not really? <laughs> not really. But last year, Camo in the final put up a 116. So... You haven't put up the worst score in the final, Woodsy. No. It's... Good experience, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, the other one, it, and I'm asking, I'll ask you this question now, Kamish, as you sit there in your king hat and you're fresh off a championship. Um, in the votes, can you put in an option that we all chuck in an extra 10 or 20 bucks on our entry fee and we buy a ring or some sort of... Yeah, that's definitely, I think a belt is obviously the one you got to go for. Um, and then I was, yeah, I'm also one of the things I'm going to suggest as well is maybe increasing the entrance to 75 and then we do a few instead of like, like high score, but um, have a couple of different things like that where there's different ways to get money. But I haven't worked those out exactly, but could be just like high score each week you get. 10 bucks or 15 bucks and then it all pays at the end of the year or could be a bit more fun where it's like yeah this like before the season i'll randomly draw each week and be like a week two whoever has you know the most receiving yards gets 15 bucks or something but then it you know changes people's decisions on what they do with that or something yeah interesting Mm. i like it um all right well we uh we're very much looking forward to getting the gritty video through over the next few weeks. And of course, we've got the Super Bowl to look forward to. Um, we're currently in negotiations with the venue over our w- w- where we bring our giant contingent of people for this year. Um, of course, the, that does leave one thing for the season, though, and that's just the postseason review, which uh, is, is as fun as the preseason and midseason reviews where I feel like now that everything's in the book, there should be some fireworks out of the postseason. So... Just giving everybody fair notice that probably about two weeks from now, give you all a little break, let let the you know season just digest a little in your minds and give you some time to just put together your arguments as to why you were completely robbed. I'm not going to take day or long to do that, I'm sure, but for everybody else, um, and we'll uh, we'll be in touch, setting up our our uh, recording podcast times so that you can jump on, and we want to hear from all of you. Hope you're listening, uh, Cam, Woodsy, and anybody else that's ever just ducked out of a interview pre or during the uh, the recording over the course of the year. It's uh, it's it's the most fitting way, I think, to wrap up the season. Well, and it's it's uh, it's good to give everyone a couple of weeks' notice to prepare um, kind of their take um, on the season. But I've actually heard, I don't know if Woodsy will be available. I've actually heard that um, he's already started training camp pretty early for next year and he's, he's just been listening to the curse breakers theme song on loop non-stop and this this has got a real this has got a real richmond adelaide feel to it but shoe on the other foot this time around could this be a sign of things that come and in 2021 he's just plummets after a, a, a summer long listening to the curse breakers theme song on loop just crying in the corner i just uh, oh, we need some video evidence 
it's it, it it sets up a huge start to the 2021 season because I mean the storylines are just bursting off the page. Obviously, there's the you know there's that, you know is this the year for Fitzy to you know after dragging his average down again, is it the year he's going to do something? Um, but but the, one of the big you know can can Jared get out of his own way and actually set a reasonable lineup and not cost himself? But the big one for me is just is Woodsy. Like, because history doesn't remember runners up. So, yeah, your season's basically pointless. But could this be a building block towards some true greatness? Or does he just, just slip, you know, is it snakes and ladders and he just slips back down the snake and he's in seventh again next year? And it's almost like a bit of a dream that never happened mm. when we look back on this two years to come. It could go either way for Woodsy. And I hope that he, I hope that Cleats and Potatoes can can just use this as a building block and not just sort of drift back into mediocrity, but all evidence probably points it goes the other way, I reckon. Just um, I've, oh, just yeah, yeah. Me, sorry. I've updated uh, the other day, I updated the uh, averages to finishing spot and wins per season if you want to go over those as well. Oh, yes, yeah, that's, sure. that's, that's a good way to and, finish this. And, and just before you do, I'm with you, Steve. I reckon it's great having Cleats and Potatoes at that pointy end. I, I've, I've really enjoyed the banter this year. It's been... It's certainly been interesting, um, but I hope it is a building block. I hope it's not just and you know a woodsy outlier and one of those years where he just got to the top for no reason. But uh, I believe in you, Woodsy. Keep kicking on, mate. <laughs> um, yeah. So have a look at. So do we want to do wins or finishing spot first? Uh, I'll do wins. Wins. First. So and the the head story is uh, Fitzy. Fitzy. So. Um, <laughs> So since so since we went to the this version after Joe the Goose took Camo's money, um, his average wins are now four point three, and over the last five years he's at three point six. Um, and then is it is it time for a new strategy with with Fitzy or is this just bad luck? I know this year was bad luck. Yeah. yeah, this year we threw every strategy out the window and did everything different, and it's got exactly the same result, pretty much. But I, I'm, I don't know, I, I didn't mind how he went about it this year. Yeah, he had a, he had a crack, which I liked. I mean, Just, his first four picks, we've we've said it a few times, but Henry gets traded, Michael Thomas didn't play all year, Leonard Fournette traded, Raheem Mostert injured most of the year, unbelievable. And, and yeah, and Fournette, you know, we say traded, but he got cut. Yeah, he <laughs> got he, cut, sorry. Then he got picked up much later. So it's actually a much, yeah. Was, yeah anyway. Um, and then Ben, who likes to talk a big game. Um, so he's 5.7 average, but 4.8 over the last five years. Mm. Um, he also needs to pick up his game because um, the 2016, he got eight wins. So if he doesn't have a good season next year, he's going to be in the Fitzy territory soon. Um, and then most people are sort of in between six and seven. Um, Keeney, you're at so average of eight wins, seven point eight over the last five. Manny, you're at average of seven wins, seven point two over the last five. Um, which probably just goes to show the the luck that goes into winning a championship where you've got three while Keeney's got one. Remember? Uh, yeah, although I'd argue I'm pretty sure in that five I had a one win season, didn't I? Um, oh, skewed. Uh, yeah, you. Oh, the last five, you've got a, you got a four and a five. So, um, wait. So last year, what was Steve? Four. Uh, no, he, 2016, he had four wins. Ooh. Um, 
had seven last year um, and then nine and 11 in the two years that he won back to back. Unapologetically. And then like, I, yeah, unapologetically, I um, I will, if I'm not going to, like if I'm on the cusp, I'll try anything to get in, which often means that my season goes completely down the toilet. Like, yeah. Um, the um, over the last five, it should be slightly less. Um, if if you would, everyone was on par because there's one less game now because of the extra playoff game as well. So, um, if your last five years is up, you know it's a bit better. Um, I'm on, so I'm actually tied with Camo for the most wins now. We're both on eight point three over the course of the league. And then we're both tied as well, um, as well as Cam on 8.2 over the, um, the last five years. Um, so surprisingly, Cam, like Cam, like obviously mm. won last year and he was good this year, but you don't think of him as a traditionally a good bit, good fantasy player, but he's definitely, <laughs> even he was that. Like, he even he's like, like when he won last year, he's like, how did I become a good fantasy player? Um, but no, he's definitely, he's like, Top two and bottom four is only a few wins, though. So if you have two yeah. really good in a row, in a especially like if you win, like because oh, I guess no, this is wins. Also, in um, finishing spot, like you know, the difference between six and seven is all the time just points four, and then you win a playoff game, and then you know, suddenly you're three instead of seven. Like it's um, you know, big difference. But then sort of everyone else is sort of between six and seven. Um, yeah, nothing really exciting in the wins. Um, finishing spot. Uh, we're going to start with Fitzy again. Average finishing spot of 9.6. Um, and over the last five years, an averaging finishing spot of 10.6. What's his highest finish? Uh, in 2015, he finished fifth. And that was when we didn't have... We only had four playoff teams, so he's never made the playoffs. So give me the last four years then. So last five years. So this year, 12th, 10th, 12th, 8th, 11th. Mm. Um, And then, so Ben's on 9.6. And again, he has to have a good year next year because he's gone 11th, 11th, 10th, 11th, 5th. Wow. If he he has another 10th or 11th finish, um, he could be in some real trouble. He could be worse than Fitzy on average finishing spot. Um, and then, uh, so Camo is uh, leading this category. So he's average finishing spot over the uh, nine years now. One, two, three, four. Is three point seven, and the last five years four point one. Just a pretty impressive. Like, I think it looked like over the last six years, he's made the playoffs five times, and including three of those, he made the championship game where he lost. Um, so yeah, you know what you're getting if you pre- like, I think both you and I, Kenny, predicted him to win it this year. Like, it's a good prediction. Like, he's always going to be in it. Mm. He knows what he's doing. Um, I'm at 3.9 average. And then over the last five years, uh, 4.6. Uh, Keeney, you're 5.2 finishing spot average. Uh, five, um, five over the last five. Um, Cam's at a 4.5 over the last five years. So... I think that puts him second over the last. Um, yeah, puts him second. Manny four point seven over the last five years, so high up there as well. Um, 
And then, yeah, most everyone else is between six and well, five to six, except for um, Reese, who's at a eight. Wow, way. Some good numbers. Yeah. Very good numbers. Well, it's, um, it, it does put it in perspective because as emotionally invested as we were this year, it's only one year in a, in a very long, illustrious history of the HO Bowl, and there's always 2021 for us to all bounce back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 2020 has got choking. us all. I'm choking just like uh, Woodsy did in the final. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a good place to finish it. Um, Thanks, th- thanks again, boys. Look forward to chatting in a couple of weeks when we when we get everyone else back on. Congrats again, Kamish. Well deserving victor of the OCHO in 2020, and uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast this year, as it has yourself, Keeney. Thanks, man. It's been uh, it's been fun. I'm looking forward to the reviews in a couple of weeks' time. It uh, should be good to to get amongst the rest of the league members again. Yeah, it was a great season, even uh, greater victor.